Hello, everyone. This is the Voice of Tradition, Jonathan Darwin, here for PIWA's Prize Perspective podcast. This week, we go over the history of PIWA and how PIWA has been impacted by COVID-19, as well as recap the June 2019 event. And welcome to PIWA's Prize Perspective Podcast. I am your host, the voice of tradition, Jonathan Darwin. And joining me this week is co-owner Joe Johnson and production manager Daniel Green. How are you doing, gentlemen? Doing good. Doing good, Jonathan. Uh, just uh, you know, trying to get through this uh, crazy time in our world. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're hanging in there doing the best we can right now. And how have you been, Daniel? I'm doing well, Jonathan. Thank you for asking. Awesome. All right. So before we get into things, we definitely got to take care of some business. We want to thank our sponsor for the podcast this week, Carnivore Barbecue. And we'll have somebody on from Carnivore Barbecue a little bit later to tell you a little bit more about them. If you are interested in advertising with PIWA, you can reach out to us at PIWAWrestling at gmail.com and Someone will be in contact with you, and we have some fantastic packages available for advertising. Joe, before we get into like the real nuts and bolts of what's been going on here, I think as someone who is new to the company and for fans that we may be introducing for the first time, could you give us a brief history of PIWA, maybe a little bit of a capstone? Oh, yeah. Um, basically, um, I have. I was a referee for over 20 years. Um, I, me and my friend, Ryan Pritchard, we kind of broke into the business together. We grew up together. We known each other since we were 12 years old. Um, basically, um, an opportunity presented itself and we had an opportunity to get a ring and to get a truck and to, to do these things. And, uh, I mean, we've wanted to do this for our entire lives and, and we got a chance and we took that chance and we ran with it. And that's where PIWA kind of got its start. Okay. So how long, how long has the company been in inception? Um, our first show was actually, uh, June, June 15th. 2019 oh wow um we actually started um we started preparing things probably about march february march of that of that same year um and that's how long we've been going so uh over a year unfortunately we haven't had as many shows as we'd like but over a year and we're going to get in depth into that in a little bit. Daniel, when did you come on with the company? Uh, and how did your role as production manager develop? So, uh, so it started when I was kind of out of a job and I was kind of looking just for side jobs to do. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of blind, you know, just kind of threw it out there, um, messaged a bunch of independent wrestling companies. PIWA was only one of two that ever messaged me back and said, yeah, we'd love to have you on. 
we'd love to have your, you know, help out. Um, I showed up to their first show, did ring crew for their first show, and I've kind of just kind of proved my worth from there, um, did sound, um, kind of honed my own skills, developed a little bit of, um, you know, just developed from there into what I do now. Right. He is, um, he's literally our jack of all trades, man. Like he pulls stuff from out of nowhere, makes things happen that I think will never happen. He's, he's, he's a really incredible guy. Yeah. And I was going to say that Daniel, I know that we've had limited interaction together, but just from my contacts with other board of director members and Joe himself, <clears throat> I hear you're a real salt of the earth, man. And I'm definitely glad you're part of the PIWA team, sir. Well, thank you, boys. You're welcome. All right, Joe, I hate to do it. We got to talk about the 500-pound gorilla in the room. And it starts with myself because I was at a show March of 2020. I was talking with Ryan. We were in the middle of negotiations. Everything was getting set for April. And by now, everybody in the world knows what happened. And... <clears throat> And it's not uncommon for any place. So at what point did you realize uh, we're done for a while because of COVID? Uh, actually, you know, when it first started, um, I was kind of hopeful like everybody else. I was, you know, I was like, okay, you know, we, we uh, quarantined for a couple months and everything's going to be fine. Um, Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, probably around May or June, um, I realized that the chances of PIWA having a show this particular year was slim to none. I mean, we kept our hopes up, obviously, but um, it just didn't happen. And we ran out of a school. So a lot of it is based on the board of education, obviously. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, yeah, um, we, we realized about in June that chances were very, very, very slim. Right. And you all run in Lincoln County, correct? That is correct. Yes, sir. Okay. For those of you who are listening to the podcast that are not familiar with uh, West Virginia education, uh, the county systems are, or the school systems are county-based. It's not like individual municipalities or uh, villages. So if uh, one place, the county board can basically say, we're shutting down the whole county. Uh, as of this recording, I believe you all, Lincoln County is still yellow. It has not hit orange yet. Um, at or one, is it green? At, well, it is now green. Okay. Um, we did hit orange at one point for a very small amount of time. Right. Um, it is green right now, um, but our <laughs> our board of education is very gun shy right now, and I don't blame them. You know. No. I, I, um. Honestly, even if they looked at me and said, hey, you guys can run a show, I would be very uh, wary about it. 
Right. And I can, and I can understand that. And for those of you who are, again, unfamiliar, uh, West Virginia has a color coding system. Basically, if you hit orange, everybody's virtual. Uh, athletics, well, the jury's still out on that as of today because the governor has made another mandate, but the policy may change at some point. <clears throat> so uh, I could absolutely understand that. And Gentlemen, Joe or Daniel, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I remember correctly, we're still under an order from the governor that no more than 25 people can attend an indoor event. That's that. That's my understanding, yeah. So, so Daniel, would it be like a logistical nightmare even if the board said, yeah, you can run for you to try to figure out the configuration for the audience? So whenever the governor says only 25 people allowed in a building or allowed in a function, you have to consider our wrestlers in the back counting that number. So if you've got 20 talent in the back, that means five fans. Or uh, So that doesn't mean 25 fans at a function. That means 25 people at the venue. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Yep. So if we have just hypothetically six one-on-one matches, that's 12. Myself is there. You're there. Uh, let's say one referee, just weirdly, that's 15 plus Ryan is there, Joe. I mean, you're almost in single-digit fan base by the time you can have the green light to actually host an event. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people – yeah, they just think I don't know why some people think this, but they just think, you know, hey, the wrestlers come, they're gonna they wrestle. Well, guess what? You gotta pay these guys. And I, you know, I can't I'm not unfortunately, I'm not of the uh wealth to just say, Hey guys, let's have a show. We don't need fans. Uh the fans is what brings the guys here and it it's it's what it's what we use to pay the guys and, and pay them well. And right. that, that's what brings them back over and over and over. So a show without fans for us is um, right now it's, it's out of the, out of the cars completely. Right. I I was at an event uh, and we're taping this as of August 31st. I was at an event last Sunday, which was a drive-in event, which is what some people have gone to. But even with, $20 a car load, by the time you pay the talent and rent the ring, he still took a loss that night. So I, it's it's almost impossible now, unless you have a good sponsor, to be able to even put on a live event. Yeah, yeah it's tough. It's, it's, really, it's really tough. Like you said, unless you have a great sponsor that, that really helps you out a lot, it's, it's, it's really impossible. Oh, tough thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the other things I've seen that is running in North Carolina, so it's a different state, is in between every match, and I could just imagine Daniel running around and doing this, and I commend this promotion for doing it, is they have the Clorox bleach wipes, and they're wiping the ropes down in between every single match to protect the health and safety of those wrestlers. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like a old school ECW, man. <laughs> <laughs> Towboy. Yeah. I mean, who no. who doesn't love Towboy? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, 
Well, we could talk a little bit though about like some of the most recent events. Like we can talk about what happened back in July and go from there. <clears throat> we can. Oh, um, we can start in June. I'm June. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, June fifteenth, two thousand nineteen. First show. You know, big man. Talk about anxiety. Oh my gosh. Um, scared to death. It was crazy. But uh, I thought we did really well for a show. Mm -hmm. I really did. So, Daniel, what was the aura or the feel like of the environment that night uh, that that Joe's talking about that date back in June? So, our our fans came out, and we knew that night that we were going to have a fan base. It really proved us by the amount of people that came out that we were going to have a hometown crowd because before that it was kind of like, are we going to draw? Are people going to show up? Do people even want to see this in Lincoln County? Mm -hmm. But I think from that night on, we knew we had a hometown crowd and it's been nothing less than a hometown crowd since. I think every time we've had a show, we've sent them home happy Mm-hmm. I think we have stayed in touch and we actually, um, you know, communicate well with our fan base um, and we send them home happy each time. Joe, do you know approximately, or do you have the actual figure of the attendance for that evening? Paid attendance? Um, for or June. Ball, or, for ball, or ballpark even? Um, gosh, for June, I want to say it was like 66 first show okay. out. And for an inaugural event, that's that's a strong number. That's a strong showing. Anything fifty plus is a strong showing. Yeah, it really is. And and like Daniel said, you know, they've been coming out since then. Um, it's it's been amazing to entertain the people that I grew up with. I mean, it's 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 an amazing feeling, honestly. Daniel, what was the feeling like behind the curtain that night? Uh, obviously, there's a lot of excitement seeing that number of fans in attendance, but I mean, there has to be some level of tension of like, oh my God, we got to get this right. Otherwise, we could really lose this fan base very quickly. Um, definitely. Uh, my biggest thought that night was don't mess up. Don't mess up. <laughs> We have to show these people that we're serious. We have to show them that we're legit. We have to um, make sure that they know that we're here to do this the right way. Um, It was all about proving ourselves. We're going to be here. We're going to be quality entertainment. We're going to bring you quality talent. It was basically like, don't mess up. (laughs) Yeah. Joe, was there an ultimate goal for that first show, like of something you wanted to achieve? Um, besides, besides don't mess up. <laughs> um, for me, it was obviously as an owner slash promoter. Um, it was get, get people in the building. Um, yeah. and once you get them in the building, then you show them that this isn't, you know, your rinky dink, uh, typical stereotypical West Virginia wrestling, two big guys in overalls rolling around in a ring. 
Right. And I don't know how it plays out in other states, but in our states, we have what's known as refund promoters. These are people who get that humongous tax refund and go, I'm going into the wrestling business. And <laughs> two, or th- two or three shows later, if they are lucky, they fold. Yeah, if they're lucky. And, and yeah. honestly, um, I'd, I'd heard of that. I hadn't really paid a lot of attention to it. But last year, um, you know, we started running in June. This year, even when COVID was hitting, mm-hmm. people had already got their refunds. And there was these just strange shows just popping up out of nowhere. People who I've never heard of in my life that ha- hasn't run a show in West Virginia. And I'm like, wow, that really does exist. And it is really out there. <laughs> yeah, I- I've seen it firsthand. Uh, I don't know if Daniel has. Uh, have I mean first, that was my first experience with it. But January to March, when our last show was, we actually had like competition on the dates that we were running. Up until that, all of our dates basically were solely us running that night. So it was like there was nowhere else for fans to go. January comes, and all of a sudden, we have competition in the area on the nights we're running. It was same, the same county. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Joe, was there more pressure to perform on that inaugural event then because of the fact that we have what's no, these fly-by-night promotions in our state? Um, the inaugural event, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Okay. I mean, that was not even a thought. I was strictly focused on PIWA, strictly focused on entertaining our fans. That's all I care about. And, and honestly, every show that we have, mm-hmm. that's all I care about. That's it. That is all. You know, I, I, let me take that back. I care about our athletes. I don't want them hurt. Right. We take good care of them. We <laughs> we treat them the way they should be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's all about the fans. It's all about giving these people something that the only way they can see it is if they turn on their TV. Right. And, and that's something we can get into definitely a little bit more here. Former amateur wrestler at WVU and Polly um, had just came out of training. I mean, they were both very, very new, but we gave them a shot and, um, they had a pretty good match with the DBS, but uh, the dad bod squad, just too much for the youngsters to handle, and they they pretty much took care of business that night. So, Joe, would you say that was because that may have been the first time that Gannon and Pauly teamed up together? Um, I don't think it was the first time uh, okay. because uh, I know they came out of training together, and they, you know, uh, actually I, I believe they had had a couple matches together by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just, I don't know. They, they, they found synergy within each other. Um, they're actually a, a tag team now in real shoot wrestling that is uh, threatening to get the real shoot wrestling tag titles. So Daniel, what do you remember from that tag match that evening? 
Or, I mean, I know you're probably busy doing a lot of things, but you might've got a chance to see a little bit of it. So I remember, um, we, we had the dad bod squad. They had been there. Um, they were kind of like our locker room, but then Polly and, um, Gannon show up and they're kind of not from our locker room because they were, you know, kind of working with real shoot at the time. Um, they're, they're, they're the new guys on the scene. Um, it kind of there was some some tension to see who was going to be the crowd favorite during that match. Was the crowd going to connect with Dad Bod, or was the crowd going to go with the newcomers, um, Gannon and Kilpis? Uh, it was kind of you know just a toss up to see who the crowd was going to like that night. Gotcha, gotcha. And as Joe said, Dad Bod Squad got the victory. Another great match from that evening was Kurt Blackman taking on Jack the Ripper Ramblethal. And while it was a good match, it didn't really turn out as probably anybody expected. Right, Joe? No, it definitely did not. Um, Ramblethal and Blackman wrestled approximately 10 minutes. And out of nowhere, <laughs> this... Six foot ten, three hundred and fifty pound monster comes out of nowhere, jumps in the ring, ends the match, obviously, and literally buries both of those guys right where they stood. Uh, he came in and devastated. It was like a nuclear bomb hit the ring. That's what it was like. I mean, there was body parts everywhere. It, it looked like a car wreck when he was done. Uh, that was uh, our crowd's first taste of misery. Daniel, what was your reaction like behind the curtain? Because, I mean, that was probably not what you were expecting to see. Um, no. Misery arriving on the scene was um, it was pretty catastrophic for the match for, for those two guys. Um, so much so that we had four security enter the ring to remove Misery, um, and Misery even wiped out four security guards on his own. Um, so by the end of that, Misery had taken out four security guards plus the two guys in the ring. Um, it was so devastating. We have not had security back at any of our shows because oh Misery totally eliminated all of our security guards. So, so how did you finally get him out of the ring? Or did he just basically leave on his own after the decimation he caused? Uh, I, he just, he just kind of was satisfied with all of his carnage that he just quietly walked back. But uh, before that, it was there was no compliance. I, I couldn't imagine being back there and just trying to regain control or try to have some sort of composure of the show. And here you have this six foot plus man in their way laying on individuals and being able to take basically his way with them. So <clears throat> another, another big part of, um, of our first show was a guy by the name of Sean Hoodrich, Sean Hoodrich. Um, he is an amazing athlete. He's from the Chicago area in Illinois. Um, that particular night, I remember we booked, we had him 
we had him wrestling a guy named Frankie Swamp Tower. Now, Frankie is – our fans know Frankie. He is a real good kid. Um, he's kind of new. He's been around for about three or four years. Um, but Hoodrich has way more experience than him. Um, anyway, Hoodrich and Swamp Tower, they had a great match. It was wonderful. But at the end, they kind of got interrupted after the match was over mm-hmm. by, a guy, by a guy by the name of Ryan Piles. Ryan Piles, um, since he's been on our show, has actually been on AEW Dark. No kidding. Yeah, at least twice. So is that probably why you're wearing the shirt is to pay homage to one of the PIA WA talents that's made it. That shows so shows cream rises to the top. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, you're fine. That's great. Uh, yeah, actually, kind of that was the reason. Um, anyway, Hoodrich and Piles they they had a match later that night. Great match, wonderful. Ryan Piles got the advantage at one point and was trying to take out Sean Hoodrich's snake, and her name was is Daphne. So Ryan Piles is trying to take out Daphne. There is a police officer that is standing not too far away from the ring, and he sees this happening. So he goes and warns Piles, basically, hey, you know, that, that's animal cruelty. You can't be doing that because he was threatening to stomp her. You know, no kill way. her right there. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was going to do it. So uh, Ryan Piles is trying to, you know, he's threatening to stomp this um, – the snake so he goes down the ring steps pushes the police officer jumps back in the ring hoodrich catches him with this insane super kick like it was i don't it was way more than a super kick i don't even know what to call it it was crazy but then he gets you know gets the pin on piles gets the win and as piles rolls out of the ring the police officer grabs Piles and arrests him right on the spot, handcuffs everything, leads him out of the building. It uh for our first show, that was wow, that was spectacular. Uh, I was like, I cannot believe <laughs> one show and we already have law enforcement. <laughs> Daniel, come on, what's your perspective on that, man? I mean, that's you're, you're a production guy, and you see Johnny Law actually get it, having to get involved, unfortunately. Uh, so Ryan Piles getting arrested set the hook that show. That's what set the hook that kept fans coming back. Um, I think our fans wanted to see more people arrested. I think they wanted to see more of law enforcement involved. Luckily, it's only been some of the first show that that's had to mm-hmm. happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I do recall our fans chanting at ryan piles tidy whitey because <laughs> ryan ryan piles gear that night was white tights white knee pads and i believe they had some kind of like pink uh, hibiscus type flower on them yep. um <laughs> in addition to 
His interest music was Blank Space by Taylor Swift. <laughs> True the story. Fans, the fans were nuclear. They were nuclear pissed at him. Um, and that honestly what set the hook to keep him coming back. There was another interesting match that evening as well, Joe. Fiji Wildman taking on Casey King. Oh, yeah. Um Casey King, first of all, um, a lot of people, especially in PIWA, they're not too fond of Casey. But I will say this. Casey King has learned a lot in a very small amount of time. Um, This guy is is off the charts. He's great. Fiji Wildman, huge, huge man from Fiji. Um, He also has in his quarter Lady Inferno. Um, and she basically kind of controls, has the leash on uh, Fiji Wildman. Um, the match uh, was great. Um, <laughs> nobody ex- – Casey, if anybody doesn't know him, Casey is a very wiry person. Like, he doesn't have a whole lot – uh, I mean, he's got muscles and he's he's got some stuff, but he's not Fiji wild man. Fiji, first of all, he's a wild man. Second of all, he's a big dude. Right. And um, so Fiji, <laughs> Fiji bounces him around the ring for probably about 10 minutes or so. Um, I think he shoulder blocked him like 15 times or something crazy like that. Um, he eventually gets the pin on Casey. Casey rolls out. He grabs the mic. He says, wait a second. Lady Inferno was distracting me the entire match. So he challenged Lady he challenges Lady Inferno to a match right then and there. Wow. Yeah. So him believing i guess that she's a woman or whatever i don't know what he was thinking they get in the ring uh casey has the advantage right off the bat because he basically came in from behind and and pearl harbored her but uh eventually lady inferno comes out with the win everybody is celebrating the crowds cheering it's great uh, Fiji is looking one direction. Casey comes in from the other side. Lady Inferno turns around and Casey catches her in what he calls the CKO, which is basically an RKO that he just changed to a C. Right. Um, he catches her in that and rolls out of the ring as quickly as possible. Of course, you know, Fiji Wildman was uh, extremely distraught mad upset and he took out of the arena as quick as he possibly could and i don't even know if he changed gear i think he just grabbed his bag and just ran out the back of the building and they would meet again shortly thereafter they would um actually show number two we can actually roll to that real quick um they uh wrestled again because Fiji Wildman requested a rematch. Um, Casey, of course, did not want to sign the contract, <laughs> but uh, but eventually he did for whatever reason. Um, 
they wrestled again on our second show. Um, good match. Casey used his brain a little bit in the second time around. He uh, caught Fiji. Uh, he ran around the ring, caught Fiji coming in. Um, Fiji kind of took control at one point. Um, Lady Inferno is getting ready to hit Casey with a kendo stick. Casey moves out of the way, and she accidentally hits Fiji. Casey, of course, takes advantage. Fiji gets up. He turns around. CKO to Fiji. Right. One, two, three. He runs out of the. He runs out of there again. Um. So he got the the Duke in show number two. Wow. Yeah, and we're, as much as I want to go more in depth in show number two, we're almost to the point where we're getting ready to be short on time. So at this point, I think it's time to get the fans' involvement and go to our carnivore fan questions and bring on our guest of the evening, Jared Roberts. Jared, thank you for joining us today, and uh, we appreciate your sponsorship and as well as uh, being part of the segment. Oh, anytime. I mean, how to say this? I've been a longtime fan of wrestling in general. Um, absolutely love it. Uh, and we're all about supporting anyone any way we can because we know what it's like. Absolutely. So, all right. So, let me explain to the fans how this works. Uh, <clears throat> every couple of weeks, we will have Carnivore Barbecue on with us. There'll be some questions. We'll ask all the questions if they're obviously not too lengthy. But And then from all of those names, our illustrious guest will draw two names at random, and those two people will earn a prize at Carnivore Barbecue. Okay. Important right. thing to remember, um, we've, I've been talking with uh, Jared and uh, Carnivore. We are going to keep the names in the drawing. So if you don't get drawn, we're going to keep your name in there. So eventually there's a chance that you could Ooh. possibly win some awesome stuff from Carnivore Barbecue, right? Excellent. I like that. So, all right. Cool. So, so we got two questions here from Mike Ellswick, and I'll ask, go ahead and get started. Uh, this question probably is primarily focused on Joe. Is how did PIWA go from dream to conception? Huh. Well, um, we dreamed it for over 20 years and basically there was some, uh, there was some things drop in our lap. Um, we applied for a loan and it actually went through, which kind of surprised me right off the bat. Um, we had enough money to get basically a ring and a truck to pull the ring and a few little things here and there, like a little entrance or whatever. Um, but turning that dream into a reality took a lot more work than even I thought. Um, but that's basically how it happened. I mean, we just, something fell in our laps and we ran with it and this like i said it was a dream of uh me and ryan's and cliff stowers for years so uh when the money did fall in the lap i was like all right 
this is what we're doing. And that's basically the answer. And, and Mike's question dovetails a little bit into that and was what made you actually want to start an independent wrestling promotion? I mean, we talked earlier in another segment about these fly-by-night promoters and the fact also you had to go get a loan. It wasn't like you had the capital already there. So what was the big main motivator or motivations? Um, just first of all, the, the, what you just said, you know, the fly-by-night promoters. I knew that I was not going to be a fly-by-night promoter. I knew that. And I knew I would not let that happen ever. So I'm like, you know what? We need to show people what West Virginia independent pro wrestling is all about. Not a bunch of, like I said earlier, a bunch of big dudes in overalls just rolling around in a ring. That's not what it is at all. And I wanted to show people that. And uh, that was that was my motivation. That's, and that's a great one to have. All right, Joe, you are barred from answering the next question. Uh, and we're, we're going to put this out to Jared and Daniel. Uh, and the question was submitted by Mikey Ashworth. And I don't know Cliff well enough, so I'm, I'm going to stay out of the question as well. If Cliff Stowers, Joe Johnson, and Ryan Pritchard were to get in a fight, who would win? I cannot believe you barred me from this question. Well, we know who you would say, so that's why we're barring you. Daniel, would you like to go first? Ryan, big sexy, has the size advantage, of course. Right. Big sexy, whatever. Jared, Plus, Jared do you have a go? Oh, I'm sorry, Daniel, go ahead. Plus, he'd be the only one willing to actually step up and fight to find out who would be right. Hmm. Sensier. And and you're in agreement, Jared? See, okay. honestly, I'm not I'm not one percent sure because really, only person I really know, or the only two people I really know, would have to be uh, Joe Johnson and Ron Pritchard. I've known Ron for a while. I mean, I love the man. I really not. I really don't know who would win. And that's, a, and that's a fair answer because you don't know Cliff either. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking more about Daniel's answer and how passive Joe must be then if he doesn't actually want to fight. Yeah. Um, um, excuse me. I know tons of dirty heel tricks, okay? I'm just saying. I know tons. And Jared is biased because next week, Ryan Pritchard is supposed to be on his T-Rex talk show. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that, Joe. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to pop right back to Jared then. Jared, do you want to tell you, the fans here about your podcast real quick? Uh, well, yeah. Um, might as well go ahead and just go over some of that stuff real fast. But, yeah, every, uh, every Wednesday I do what is called a uh, T-Rex talk, um, and that's kind of the name of my uh, – my show, my podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's usually around 12 o'clock, you know, about midday. It's right whenever we open. And I just kind of discuss just about anything that we think of um, regarding the restaurant, any sort of questions that people have. Um, and then now I'm going to start every first show of the month. I'm going to have um, a special guest. And, you, I mean, and, you know, on the show, kind of see what their take is on certain things and such. So, 
And I guess with that being said, and one of, and us being the uh, sponsors here, uh, might as well go over what all we got um, for prizes. Yeah. So what I do have is I got myself a uh, we got a cup. Okay. Cups. And uh, yeah, that's that's one prize. And then we also have one of our larger decals that we actually don't sell. And then we also got a, a $5 gift card going on here. So that's what we got um, for the two uh, prizes. So Excellent. yeah, let's see. I'm sorry, Jared. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, um, I mean, I could go over a little bit more on the restaurant if you'd like. Uh, and well, then we'll, we'll pivot back around to that. Uh, so, uh, where and I'm assuming the people can get your podcast wherever they go through them, Spotify, uh, um, iTunes. Right now, I'm um, just Facebook as right now. It's like Facebook. Just Facebook. Off. Okay. As of this moment. Okay, just Facebook. All right, and, and before we drew, I want to actually get back to the questions anyway, because uh, we do have two more questions here. Uh, yeah. The next one is from Daniel LaRusso. Uh, Daniel asked, what is the status of the PIWA championship? And, and Joe, while we laugh a little at the name, it's actually kind of sad what happened with the PIWA championship because you got whammy with COVID again. Not personally, yeah. but, I mean, could you please expand upon that? Um, yeah. Um, first of all, uh, binge watch Cobra Kai the entire weekend. Um, second of all, <laughs> um, yeah. We were in the process of doing a deadly draw tournament. Basically what happens there is your name is drawn out of the box. Uh, you come to the ring and you wrestle the next guy that's drawn out of the box. If you win, your name stays in the box. If you lose, your name is out of the box. So we had it narrowed down to three contenders. It was Smokey C., it was Frankie Swamp Tower and, oh gosh, Daniel, help me. Who was the other one? Baden Kane? No, no, no. No, he, he lost the second chance. Um, Onyx was our wild card. That's true. Okay, so it came down to Frankie Swamp Tower onyx which had not even appeared <laughs> it was onyx um onyx frankie swamp tower smoky c that was still in the tournament obviously after march we could not run jason kincaid jason king the gift how could i forget that guy wow that's crazy anyway kincaid was in there also so uh we were getting ready to we were honestly getting ready to set them up in some kind of four-way match. And I'm not going to say what kind of match it was because we might still use it maybe. Who knows? I don't know. But, um, yeah, we were ready to give the championship to the winner. And, um, you know, COVID hit and um, the title was still setting vacant. Mm -hmm. I have, um, I've talked to other promotions that, um, can run right now 
for instance, Tennessee promotions that still run like nothing's ever going on. Um, I've talked to a couple other promotions trying to keep our name out there and keep relevant. And um, it just hasn't worked out. So the title is still vacant. Right. It is still in the possession of the board of directors. And as soon as we get a chance to put that on somebody, I would love nothing more than to do that. Yeah, Joe, I'm going to expand on that very briefly is because I knew a little bit about that. The show was supposed to take place in Tennessee. It was one of the promotions I know of. And someone in the locker room tested positive for COVID-19, which canceled the entire show. Yeah. And that just killed the champion. Uh, last question we have here is from Casey Fry. Uh, Daniel or Joe can feel free to answer the question is, when can we see a dog collar match in PIWA? Um, it's actually been discussed. Um, I will say that, um, dude, I'm, I'm ready now. I mean, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to have that match, but you know what? Here's the thing with a match like that. You have to have two guys that are hungry, that are really basically mortal enemies. I mean, that's what you got to have. Right. And um, I'm sure at some point in PIWA history, there will be a dog collar match. I, I think we found the stipulation for the Stowers Johnson Pritchard match now. <laughs> so uh, that's something we can all look forward to. I would uh, definitely need the chain for sure. Uh, <laughs> so, Jared, at this point, would you like to do the honors and draw a couple of the winners, please, for those prizes? Okay. Let's see. Yeah, I got my little box here. Okay, so first one I got here, and this is going to be for the uh, for our cup here that we got, mm -hmm. and that's the um, Mike Ellswick winner of our uh, cup here. Awesome. Right. Yes. Especially for Mike. Okay. Got that down. Okay. And then let's see. And then for the uh, gift card and the decal, I got the Casey Fry. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Actually, this is Casey. And Mikey Ashworth, don't be discouraged. Like Joe said, uh, your name will stay in the box and you, you're going to get another shot at that. So, Jared, uh, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about the restaurant real quick and where we can get this delicious barbecue. Okay. Well, so. Carnivore Barbecue is located um, approximately at 8515 Court Avenue, Hamlin, West Virginia. Um, it's referred to as the old subway building. Um, also, there used to be a beauty shop on the other half. So, um, but how do I say this, guys? We have award-winning barbecue. We're open seven days a week. So, I mean, weekdays, which is Monday through Thursday in our terms, um, we're open from 12 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Then uh, Friday, Saturday, we've been 12 to 9. And then Sunday, we're open from 12 to 6. Um, and with this weekend, we're, we're going to be running our weekend steak specials. That's a huge thing for people to come out and get. I mean, we make probably the best steak you ever had. I know it's the best steak I ever had. And I've eaten a lot of food. So um, also, the um, which would be this Friday, the first Friday of every month, we do what we call a uh, fat pants Friday. And that's because you want to wear your fat pants. 
that's about as good as I can get on that one. Uh, we, okay. we <laughs> stuff on that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we definitely just check us out on Facebook. I mean, we have outstanding barbecue. We have a lot of other stuff to offer for burgers, um, pizza. We do pizzas too. Really? Um, we, got, we got, yeah, we got a variety of stuff, not just your standard barbecue, but if you are in the mood for great barbecue, this is definitely a place to be as well. Awesome. So, yep. Absolutely. Well, thank and, you, Jared, for coming. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. That, that was, I was done, I think. Okay. Well, thank you, Jared, for coming on. We'll get the kinks worked out. Definitely next time to have you back again. And ladies and gentlemen, you definitely want to check out Carnivore Barbecue on Facebook. And if you want your questions submitted, uh, you can go to PIW Wrestling on Facebook, PIWA Wrestling at gmail.com or message Joe Johnson correctly and Joe will pass those questions on to Jared and we will get your name in the drawing. Jared, thank you for coming on and we'll be right back with our closing segment. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for staying tuned and being with us for the entire podcast here of PIWA. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with some closing thoughts here. Daniel, do you have any closing thoughts? Not right now. Not with the first podcast. Um, I'm pretty satisfied. Uh, Joe, do you have some? I know you do actually have some because of something tragic that happened. So I'll let you go ahead, sir. And Okay. is yours, as they say. Okay, so um, we were talking about Casey King earlier. Um, he was actually going to be a guest on tonight's show. Um, unfortunately, he had a a friend that passed away. Um, he was actually planning on having his friend a uh, a benefit show. Uh, with all proceeds going to his friend, Ben. Um, so what I'd like to do is just let everybody give everybody the information. Um, all the proceeds, all the proceeds, everything, 100% goes to Ben's family to help with offset medical bills and funeral costs and, and all that stuff. Uh, he was a, I never met him personally, but from what I read from Casey, he was an amazing fan of professional wrestling and indie wrestling. Um, so Casey would like to pay him some tribute. Um, the show is called Benefit for Ben. It's going to be on September the 19th at 7 p.m. It's going to be streaming on Facebook, I believe. I'm not going to say Facebook Live because I'm not 100% sure. Um, basically, it is uh, in order to watch the show, it is a $10 donation. Now, here's the kicker. Modern Woodsman of America, which it's, it's, it's a store, if anybody doesn't know. Um, they will match the donations up to $2,500. So if you hmm. order this show, and you pay your $10 to watch this show, which is going to be excellent, by the way. You're actually paying 20 because Woodsman of America is going to match that. So, uh, like I said earlier, all proceeds go to Ben Music's family. The show is uh, being done by Casey King, like I mentioned earlier. 
it has uh wrestlers on it like jake christ who is uh see the impact champion right now i can't remember to the best of my memory unfortunately anyway he's in he's in impact wrestling he's amazing talent chance prophet enough said yeah you know we we know all about chance prophet jock samson once again another one you know we don't need to get into he's amazing uh ron mathis um he's been in uh czw i mean this guy is crazy (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. the best way i can explain him uh bruce gray uh who is also amazing and ron and bruce have both been on our shows and much much more so please um if you guys um want to see some awesome wrestling and help a good cause this is the best way to do it september 19th 7 p.m streaming on facebook 10 bucks that's all it is and they can, they can find this information on Casey King's Facebook page. I'm sure you'll be posting something on Facebook, a poster or a link as it becomes available, right? Yeah, it's actually already on there. If you go okay. to his Facebook now, it's 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 on there now. Okay, great. Well, I tell you, this has been an, an amazing premiere episode, gentlemen. I'm very excited where we're going with this. Uh, looking forward to having both of you back. So for Daniel green and joe johnson this is jonathan darwin saying we will see you next time for piwa prides perspective podcast have a good evening